Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. I won't read the entire scripture, but uh, verse 1 is like this. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. For there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place. When his eyes had begun to grow dim that he could not see. But before the Lamb of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord. Where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down. The Lord called Samuel and said. And he answered here I am. So he ran down. He ran to Eli and said. Here I am, for you called me. Amen. So I want to, you know, this, the next two things that he went again and again. So I want to jump to verse 6. The Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you my son. Lie down again. The Lord called again. In verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for did you call me? Then Eli perceived the Lord had called the boy. And therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord called and stood, and called at other time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Now the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel. At which both ears, which with both ears of everyone who hears it will tinkle. There are many Eli's in today's Christianity. They want to go about their job. They want to, they, they, without the voice of the Lord. The Bible says the voice of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. They were not worried about the voice of God. They were not worried. They were, they were concerned about doing church as usual. Doing the things in the temple as usual. He had no eyesight. He had no vision. They were not worried about. But when God called Samuel. He said did you call me? Today I sense the Lord saying. I want to raise up. Not an Eli generation. But a did you call me generation. Did you call me? There is something special about this. Did you call me? You know today's topic is birthing a new generation. And leading a new generation. Amen. This did you call me generation. They would serve the Lord while the Eli's in the land are relaxing. While there is, they are thinking about their next pension. And they are, you know, enjoying the comfort. While his own sons are walking in wicked ways. He was not concerned with those things. But the boy Samuel positioned himself very close to the ark of the Lord. Amen. There is something special about this did you call me generation. You know, the Bible says that uh, Samuel, did not, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. But yet he was still, because he was positioned, he was putting himself close to the ark, he became a did you call me generation. Eli was, I have seen this all. I have seen this, seen this often, every day. And because of such an attitude, his voice was walking in wickedness. Amen? 
Eli was like, you know, when God came in the, God came to Adam in the cool of the day when he had sinned. The Bible says when they heard, listen to me, when they heard the sound of God, they hid themselves. And God asked, where are you? Eli was like, probably like Adam, hiding himself. But this little teenage boy, I don't know what was his age, but he positioned himself close to the ark. Hallelujah. This kind of ecclesia, they will hear God's voice. They'll hear God's voice. Whereas many veterans, they do not want to hear. Or they didn't even realize the word of God was rare in the land. Do we realize what is the condition of our land? Is the word of God really you know, in abundance in the land or is it rare? If we think, hallelujah, if we are not sensitive to we have become an Eli in the house of God. They say yes, the Samuel generation. They will say yes to the new move of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, how did this new generation was birthed? How did this, did you call me generation was birthed? Amen. How was this Samuel was birthed in the house of God? If you want to look, you need to go little back. In 1 Samuel, chapter 1 verse 15. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. She's speaking this to Eli. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. In the same verse, the same chapter, verse 25. You know, at that time she didn't have a, she didn't have a child. Years later, the Bible says God opened her womb. And she comes to the presence of the Lord and she says in verse 26, Oh my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood you by here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed and the Lord has granted my petition which I asked of him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. One of the reasons for a did you call me generation to rise up was because of a crying Hannah. Hannah prayed because of the brokenness of her heart. And God opened her womb. And she said, I am lending back what God has lent back lent to me. What has God has given to me? I am giving it back. Hallelujah. And you know, strategic, you know, many years later, he would carry the word of God. He would speak the word of God. One of the reasons for to birth a did you call me generation was that, you know, Hannah was so broken. The Bible says, she said that, I have poured out my soul before the Lord. One of the reasons for that did you call me generation to rise up years before, well, years later, was because a woman in her brokenness poured out her soul before the Lord. She did not realize many years. I don't know if she realized. Hallelujah. You know, because she said, I, they worship the Lord there. It is because that of a worship, hallelujah, that happened that uh, did you call me generation Christ? Uh, because here I am generation. A Samuel generation came out because even the Eli's were relaxing when the sons of Eli's were in wickedness. Uh, another move of God was birthed because many years before, one woman stood and prayed and said, God, you give me what I've asked for. 
you know, her own husband. She had, she had two wives. So he had other children. But this woman didn't, nobody understood her pain. But God understood her pain. If you would cry out in your brokenness, in your whatever it is, hallelujah. Whatever is your situation, I'm sure, hallelujah, you know, it might take time, but a Samuel generation can come. Uh, here I am generation will come. Uh, did you call me generation? A uh, one that positions themselves close to the ark can be brought. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you this Eli generation was ultimately replaced by this. Did you call me generation? This Eli generation, this tradition. Amen. This this Eli generation was raised, was replaced by a by a generation that said, Here I am, Lord. He did, they didn't know how, you know, the word of God was not yet revealed to to, to this little boy. Today, are you saying to God, God, here I am? Or are you hiding when God comes to ask you? Or are you like Adam when he, the moment he heard God's sound, he hid himself? The moment he would have saw, saw would have, would have seen the enemy, he should have hid. But now, he sees God, he hides himself. Hallelujah. So how does this this generation be birthed. This generation is birthed in brokenness, in prayer, in worship. It might take time, but it will come. Amen. And leader is going to bless the land. How many of you want to bless the land? Amen. How many of you want to bless your family? Amen. It's because when you would cry out to God, the Lord will open. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So your prayer and your time alone with God can ultimately lead to another generation being birthed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So she said that I have led him to the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. So I want to tell you what is the effect of this, did you call me generation? Of this, here I am generation. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 19 to 21. You know, in the Old Testament times, God spoke through the prophets. God did not speak through the God, yeah, the son spoke through the prophets. But God, you know, if you look at it in the Hebrews, it says that God spoke through the prophets. So the word of God was rare in the land, according to 1 Samuel chapter 3, the first verses. But in verse 19, this boy grew up. The Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, verse 20, says that they knew that God has established him as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared, I'm going to read verse 21, the Lord appeared again to Shiloh. In Shiloh. For the Lord revealed himself by the word of the Lord. You know, the word of God, which was initially rare, has now become available. Amen. It has become, it has come an abundance. It has come and fulfilled what God is speaking through this man. He became a prophet of God, which means now God is beginning to speak initially when the word was rare because a man positioned, uh, positioned himself close to the ark. Now this man, through this man, God is speaking. Hallelujah. Would you position yourself close to the presence of God? Hallelujah. 
would you share to somebody? Hallelujah. You may not know what is the effect of that. But many years later, it will bear fruit. I remember when I was at the first standard, my father, my mother shared me about the love of God. I just heard about Jesus. I didn't know much, but I just knew in my heart that this Jesus is real. That's all I know. I knew. I just knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus is real. And the Bible is true. This was the two truths that I got when I was the first standard because one person shared with me the gospel. Hallelujah. A Samuel generation will rise up. But today, can you plant a seed? Or would we be like that Eli generation that likes to relax? You know? Hallelujah. So that is the birthing that birthing the a new generation. And we'll look into another generation in the Bible. In the book of Joshua, chapter one, verse one to nine. You know, Joshua in the Bible is the leader of a new generation. I will read from verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you all his this people, to the land that I am giving him, the children of Israel. Amen. You know, they are ba- uh, you know, uh, this was a new generation. And you see there is some similarity between the Moses generation and the Joshua generation. Both started their journey. One started the journey by crossing the Red Sea. The other, other generation starting by crossing the uh, uh, River Jordan. Our journey also starts the moment we cross the waters of baptism. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you going to be a Moses generation or a Joshua generation? The Moses generation complained. They rebelled against God in the wilderness. They did not enter the rest. They created an image and worshipped the image in the wilderness. They were, were, uh, you know, they were a rebellious generation. They perished in the wilderness. But God is saying, I am raising you up. Arise right now. I know this Moses generation is gone. Arise. Cross over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We see this Joshua generation. Once they crossed, I'll come to those scriptures. Once they crossed the Jordan, there are battles in place. To you to be a Joshua generation. You've got to be engaged in battle. You've got to be prepared for a battle. I'm not talking about battle in the flesh. But I'm talking about battle in the spirit. Hallelujah. If you want to be a generation... You know, once we are birthed, we've got to be a Joshua generation. Once, because God wants us to take hold of the inheritance. So Moses' generation missed. But the Joshua generation, the Lord is giving, amen, to go in and possess the land. Hallelujah. You know, in verse 8 and 9 is the key. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do everything in it, according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You know, until now I have heard only about success, but Bible here talks about good success. God is saying, you know, God is trying to describe that, you know, that success. He's saying, that's good success. 
I think English language is a little constrained to describe that success. So he's saying this, it's good success. I want to say it's going to be an amazing success. It's going to be an overwhelming. It is beyond your imagination, guys. It's going to be a success. But you got to meditate on this. You got to read. You got to meditate. You got to observe in it. And then you will have good success. I know battles are going to come. But you be strong. Be courageous. I am with you. Isn't what Jesus said to us? I am with you. Isn't that Jesus said to us? That when God, when he was born, he was said that he's Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. We have battles in front of us. If we want to be a Joshua generation, we've got to be geared up for battle. Hallelujah. We've got to be geared up for battle. To this Joshua generation, God gives two things. One is promise of God. The other is a favor of God. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you. It's a favor of God. God didn't give that to anybody else. God is saying, I will give you. No man will be stand up against you. God didn't tell that to anybody else. God will say that to the Israelites. It's a favor of God. When the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, Towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. It is not a little bit of five cents of land today. We are struggling for that. But this is God is saying that I will give you this whole place as your inheritance. That's the promise of God. To this Joshua generation, if you think that you are a Joshua generation, I want to tell you there are two things that is for you. One is a promise of God. The other is a favor of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what is God saying now? God is saying that I have given you all this. I have given you the promise. It's time for you to arise. I have given you the promise. There is a favor. I am with you. Amen. How many of you believe that you are a Joshua generation? Amen. So what is God trying to accomplish here? Hallelujah. Um, Thank you. Hallelujah. It is time to possess the land. It's time to cross over this Jordan and take hold of the land. Amen. It's time to possess our families. It's time to take possess possess what the enemy has kept in his hand. It is time to cross over. The joy that was stolen from you. It's time to possess that. The wealth that the enemy has taken from you. It's time to possess that. Whatever the locust has eaten in the past years. It's time to go in. Possess it. The health. That the enemy has taken. It's time to go in, possess it. But there is a battle ahead. I want to tell you, eventually God will restore everything. Whether we have, we are partnering with him or not, God will restore everything. But the challenge is, are we with him? Are we on his side or not? Are we on his side or not? Hallelujah. The question is, would you and I be a part of that move when God is restoring everything and God is wanting us to go and, you know, go and uh, possess the land. You know, it's like an army that is going out to a war, but it says that, you know, when an army is going out and when they say, the Air Force says that I'll give you ground, I'll give you support over the air. The Navy is saying, I will give you support over the seas. You go and possess. Similarly, the Lord is saying, I have given, I am with you. I am over you. My armies are with you. I, but you just go over. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
So to possess the land, we need to be battle ready. We need to be battle ready. Hallelujah. So are you ready to go in for a battle? Because you and I, we are the representatives of God on earth. I mean, representatives of His kingdom on earth. We represent His kingdom on earth. God represents His kingdom in heavens. And God, is, listen to me, God is not representing His kingdom on earth. We are representing that. Jesus came and said, I spoke about the kingdom. And He gave us to that. And we are called to represent His kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if in every battle there is a, a, you know, there is a commander. Amen. Without knowing the commander, we are going to go in a battlefield, we will fall down. We need to look at the commander. You know, because see, uh, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. This is quite important because this is before the fall of Jericho. In Joshua chapter 6, the Jericho falls. But in Joshua chapter 5, it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes, looked and behold, a man opposite to him with the sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? But he said, No, but as a commander of the army of the Lord I have come. Joshua fell on his face and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off. For this place that you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Here is an encounter with the commander of the Lord's army. You know, I believe that this was, an, this was a manifestation of the Son of God. Because Joshua worshipped the Lord. And the man said, the ground that you stand is holy. I want to tell you the battleground is holy. The heart and the mind is the battleground that is holy. For the Jericho to fall, hallelujah, the battleground is holy. What did Joshua do? He worshipped the Lord. I want to say for the battleground, you want to go to the battle, you need to have a render, you, you, uh, you need to have a meeting with the commander of the Lord's army. I have been so blessed by the scripture it says in the book of Hebrews, he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Here was Joshua. You know, how many, how much of a man of faith you have, we are? Sometimes there is a question mark. God, did this come true? Right? I believe Joshua also probably faced that. Did this come true? Are you sure, God? You say this Jericho? You know, in today's times, Jericho cannot probably be bombed. It is impossible to breach the walls of Jericho. And God is giving one promise. And God is giving one promise. I am sure some question mark would have been there in Joshua's heart. I have been there. God spoke something, but I'm like, is it sure? Is it really? Am I hearing God? Am I really hearing God? How many of you have faced that? Am I really really hear God? I want to tell you, hallelujah, you will meet the commander of the Lord's army, which will settle everything. God, are you on my side or are you on the adversaries? Hallelujah. Jericho was the battleground. Is God the commander of your battleground? Is the God the commander? Is Jesus the commander of your battleground? If he knows, if he is, he knows how to guard the battleground. The Bible says, guard your heart. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Guard your heart because out of this flows the issues of life. So if you want to go to a battle, the battleground is holy. Thank you, Lord. In Joshua chapter 6, that is the fall of Jericho. That is the first battle that they have. Amen. It's first battle. It was not a fighting battle because it was more defensive from Jericho. And Lord told what the Lord told them. See, I have given Jericho into your hands. God has given. It is pulling down strongholds. The first battle you and I have, there are strongholds in our life. And God is saying, see, I have given you that. Which means that you and I, we can pull down those strongholds. Pull down those strongholds. Amen. God is saying, see, I have given those strongholds into your life. Amen. I want to tell you, God wants to put a new stronghold where the Bible is talking in the book of Psalms, chapter 18, where God, David is saying, God, you have become my stronghold. So that Jericho stronghold is crushed and a new stronghold where God begins, God becomes our stronghold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the strongholds of the flesh needs to come down in this battle. And I want to tell you, hallelujah, what is the key? The Lord said, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. No matter whatever demonic force it is, God has given. I have given it into your hands. You shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go around the city once. So it's not talking about all the men of, you know, relaxing. No, no, it's the men of war. Amen. So today it's both men and women. You shall, you shall do, this you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. And the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast to the ram's horn. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, the wall of the city. Then the wall of the city shall fall down and all the people shall go up, every man straight before him. God is saying that hallelujah, if you have an attitude of praise and worship every day, hallelujah, that is your, the strongholds of Jericho is not enough to stand it. They'll eventually come down. Hallelujah. Not for coming on Sunday. You know, coming on Sunday and going, it's very easy. But when you have a lifestyle that is consistent with worship and praise, hallelujah, and singing and a celebration and a blast and a sound, you know, and your neighbors even should come. No, I'm, I'm not saying be, to be a nuisance, but you know, uh, but I'm saying that when they hear the sound of the Lord, hallelujah. And I tell you, your praise is enough to bring strongholds down. And your praise shall raise up a new stronghold, which is the stronghold of God. Hallelujah. I was, I, I was blessed by Psalms Sam, chapter 18, where it says that in the first, second verse, it says, God, you are my stronghold. God, you are my stronghold. But the stronghold of God to come up, the stronghold of the flesh has to come down. So first, this first battle is the battle of our strongholds. Amen. So that is won by the Joshua generation wins it by praise and worship and singing and shouting. Hallelujah. 
Thank you. The next test. No, Jericho falls. Something happens in Joshua chapter 7 verse 1. The children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took off the accursed things. And the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. One person, I don't know if it was few people, but I think it was one person tried to steal from a fallen Jericho. I want to tell Joshua generation, as you're trying to go in and capture the land, beware of our covetous desires. It will be destiny. Our success can get into our heads. All our desires shall be tested. Our Jericho can get into our heads. But when we win battles, we need to be extra careful. Because there might be something good in that fallen Jericho. The love of the world can also get into the Joshua generation, just like it got into the Moses generation. Israel lost the battle because there was an accursed thing in their midst. So we, I was just thinking, God, what is the problem in one small thing there? If you look at your body, right? if there is a foreign particle, foreign element in your body, will your body reject it or accept it? Reject. So we are the body of Christ. The body, the head is going to reject something that is an accursed thing, that is a foreign. God sees that as foreign. That's not part of me. He will reject it. Hallelujah. So are you, you, the thing is that, are you losing your battle? So, you know, uh, the people of Israel went to lose on that battle. They, they lost that battle. Because there was an accursed thing in your midst. I want to tell you, are you losing your battles? Then there is an accursed thing in your midst. There is something cursed. Take it out. Hallelujah. Take it out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The other battle, Joshua goes through many battles, but I'm just wanting to put three. One is the fall of Jericho. The second was when they stole something because of their desires. The third, this was possibly the most difficult, amen, of all the things that came to the life of Joshua. Joshua chapter 11, verse 1 to 9. And when it came to pass, when Jabin, the king of Hazor heard these things that he sent Jobab the king of Medon of Medon to the king of Shimron to the king of Akshapha and to the kings who were from the north in the mountains in the plains south of Chinaroth, the lowland and the heights of Dor on the west, to the Canaanites in the east and the west, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzite, the Jebusite in the mountain, the Hivites below the Hermon in the land of Mizpah. So they went out and they all the armies with them and as many People as the sand is on the seashore with many horses and chariots. When all these kings had met together, they came and camped together on the waters of Merom to fight Israel. Which means that their army was so huge, it was like the, 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 the sand in the seashore. Which means that everyone came up against Joshua and Israel. Hallelujah. The Lord said to Joshua, 
do not be afraid of them because for tomorrow about this time i will deliver all of them slain before israel you shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire so joshua and all the people of war with him came against them and suddenly by the waters of merom and they attacked them the lord delivered them into the hand of israel who defeated them and chased them to greater sidon to the brook misrephot the valley of mispah eastward and they attacked them until they left none of them remaining so joshua did as the lord had told him he hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots with fire now the third kind of battle is at the time you know when there are times when you think that everybody comes up against you not because of our attitude but because of the lord amen because of the lord and at this time instead of being afraid the word of god came to joshua i want to tell you is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him he kept on seeking god that is why he said as far as i am concerned i don't know about you guys as far as i am concerned i and my family will serve the lord joshua was ruthless as a leader he chased down his enemies even if satan in his entire army comes up against you you don't have to be afraid the lord is with you i know i can preach here but i want to tell you the truth the lord is with you be ruthless with every demonic force that is coming against you be a joshua so that you can take the land hallelujah hallelujah i want to tell the church today we have battles we are a samuel generation amen some you know everybody sitting here is because somebody has poured out into your life everybody is because of some hana that prayed for you is because of some hana that shared the gospel with you that is some hana that is prayed on for you for generations now is the time that we have been sitting here we shouldn't become an eli generation we should lead like a joshua generation take crossover i sense like this it is time to crossover and take what god has meant for you hallelujah these are the principles in the bible of these three kind of battles and i want to share one more attitude an attitude that we need to have if you want to be a warrior like josh romans chapter 8 verse 37 to 39 here in all these things you more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come no height nor depth nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus to be a joshua generation you need to have a warrior spirit you know if you look into the book of joshua i don't have time to go there joshua was ruthless as a warrior he was ruthless to bring down the enemies today our enemies are not flesh and blood i am not saying being ruthless to the person sitting next to you but i am saying to be ruthless against the demonic strongholds but the kind of thing that the enemy is coming to steal and to kill and to destroy to be ruthless you got to have that warrior spirit you are more than a conqueror amen you need to have that conquering spirit to be in charge you know the bible says that when 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 this happened in uh, joshua chapter 11 it says that uh, joshua chapter 11 was was 7 it says joshua and all the people of what charged 
people, they were not waiting for, they were, they were there to bring down the enemy. How many of you, if you're a thief wants to get into your house, you will, you know, he comes knocking. Will you just sit back and relax? Or will you try to, you know, do all what you can to prevent, to protect your family? What, what is the kind of attitude that you have? I want to tell you, somebody greater than that thief is the enemy and his demonic stronghold. You need to have that ruthlessness, that charge, that warrior spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. To be a conqueror. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.